Thank you for tuning in to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. We pray this podcast blesses you as Pastor Calvin King delivers a message from God. But the greatest way God gave me to show you how much he loved you is through demonstration. Amen. What we did last Sunday, it was demonstration. Love must be demonstrated. Watch this. This came from the New Living Translation, John 3.16. We all know it. For this is how God loved the world, or this is how God demonstrated that he loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God sent not his son into the world. God sent his son not into the world to judge the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God sent Jesus not to judge you. Amen? He he loved you so much, he didn't send him to judge you. But God's justice must be satisfied. Somebody must be judged. For what we've done wrong, somebody has to pay that price. So God sent his son into the world. That's how much he loved you. He sent his son here to pay the price for you. He didn't send him to judge. You know why he didn't send him to judge the world or judge you? Because you've been judged already. (laughs) When you sin, baby, judgment already came upon you. And God loved you so much that he didn't want to have to pour his wrath out on you. So he poured it out upon his son. Now that's love. That's love. Romans chapter 5, verse 8, New uh, International uh, version says this, God demonstrates, and I picked that because it actually points out the fact that God demonstrates his own love for us in this, or in this way. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen? Now, how many of you in here would die for uh, somebody that, you know, you, you really love a, a whole lot? Don't raise your hand. That was just a thought, Okay. How many in here would die for somebody on death row? And you know they, the greatest child molester, they, whatever dirt that you think that'd be the thing that's worth killing somebody for, how many of you would die for that person? Rally. Will you get anybody to raise their hand? Why? Because that person is he deserving of death. You're missing it. And so were you. You deserve to die. You deserve everything they did to Jesus. Not one of you in here can say, I didn't deserve that. You deserve everything they poured out on him. You deserved it. But Christ died for you so you wouldn't have to take that punishment. Now, that's love. And it's so much love that we can't embrace it. It's hard for us to understand it. It's hard for us to figure it out. But I pray that through the demonstration of the Spirit, that when we start moving into the Spirit, that you're going to see it, not only see it, but you're going to begin to understand it. If God has demonstrated his love towards you, and and if he not withhold his own son for you, but gave him up, the Bible said, well, he wasn't free to give you all things. What else do you want? Watch this. Romans chapter 8, verse 32. Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? What else do you want? 
I mean, think about how much he loves you. He loves you so much that he wouldn't even spare his own son. So what else do you want? What else that you need that pertain to life and godliness? What else do you want? Do you want your own business? Do you want your own house? Do you want your own car? Do you want your children to do right? Do you want your husband to do right? Do you want your wife to do right? What do you want, God says? He said, if I didn't withhold my own son from you, come and talk to me about what else you want. He said, I want a relationship with you that you can come and talk to me, that you can open up and you can share with me what you want in life. If he didn't stop, if, if he killed his own son or, 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 or punished his own son because of you, what makes you think he won't give you everything else that you want? God wants you to love him enough that you understand that he's real and not only that he's real, but he wants to bless you. He wants to see you succeed. He wants you to do better in life. And as I began to deal with God this week, and I said, God, if I can just get to a point where I can just actually pour into the people, what you're trying to get them to understand and do, I feel a success. I will feel like I've gotten there. I feel like I've done it. And God says that you have to do it by faith. In other words, I have to believe that what I'm teaching you, you're actually getting it. So I'm teaching in faith that you understand what I'm saying. I'm believing that you begin to understand how much he loves you. Therefore, and this is not a prosperity church, so to speak, but because we believe in God, we trust in God, we love God, we're trying to please him that the blessings are going to overtake you. You're not going after the miracles, you're not going after the blessings, but they're just designed that way, and you can't stop them. So when the demonstration starts to happen, I want you to know why it's happening. Because if you really love God, the love of God will constrain you so you won't be doing stupid stuff. Why? Because you're enjoying his blessings. You're enjoying him so much that I, I don't want to do wrong. Have you ever got to the point that where you just didn't want to do wrong? God wants you to get to that point where you're enjoying the things of God so much that you realize that you're having heaven on earth. God wants you to stop being broke, busted, disgusted, miserable, depressed, all that negative stuff that's in the world. He wants you to walk in kingdom life, in kingdom living. He has given you access to himself. He loves you just that much. Love opens the door to faith. Everything that you want, get in the presence of God, get from God, love opens that door to faith so that you can actually have it. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 through 9. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, do, do you realize this? I'm, I want to ask a question, but I don't want to condemn you in asking the question. How, how do you, let me try to dress it up a little bit. 
uh, and don't raise your hand. How many of you feel like God got a reason or a right to punish you? Something that you've been doing that you know you're wrong. Drinking, smoking, sex outside of marriage, fornication, adultery, homosexuality, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. God say, I ain't holding that against you. You been cussing? Whatever you're doing, I'm not holding that against you. I let all that mess go. You have been made right with me. I'm not arguing with you about what you did last night. I'm not arguing with you about what you did wrong. Me and you, we okay. I settled that when I punished my son. I dealt with that issue. You, you, it's your problem. You hadn't forgotten what you regret. You still holding on to your past, and God said, I ain't doing, I'm not holding on to that. Me and you, we okay. Well, God, I messed up. He said, but I punished that already. Now, won't you love me enough to stop? I've already dealt with it. I've already forgiven you. All I want you to do is to return that same love to me. I made a way for you to come to me now. Now, won't you love me enough and allow my love to constrain you so that you won't keep doing me like this? Most married people who've been married for a while, if your husband, wife, or your spouse, whatever, ever messed up, a significant other, ever messed up on you. Your love, you really love them. You know what you really want? You really want them to do right by you. Yes. You're willing to forgive, though it may hurt, it may take some time, but you're willing to forgive in order to hope that they may do right by you. Yes. You should be able to understand what God is trying to say. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, you got peace with God. You ought to be able to rest at night. I don't care what the devil telling you, how low down, how dirty you are, how unclean you are. Man, I got peace with him. The problem that I'm doing now is I'm fighting peace within myself because I know I ought to be better. I know I ought to do right. Now, I'm struggling within. I ain't struggling with God. You in here struggling today by the way you're living? God ain't struggling with you about that. That's your own conscience fighting you, convicting you, in hope that you love God enough that you come out of it and quit it. We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, has done. Because of our faith, because of your what? Because of your faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privileges. You can't, you can't, can you catch this? You're in a place right now with God where these privileges are undeserved. The stuff that's happening in my life right now, I don't deserve it, but because I love him and he loved me, they are designed to come after me. You might look at him and say, why him? Why not me? 
If I discovered his love and that his love stopped me from sinning against him, and if I discovered that, and you watching me, and you see the blessings coming after me and overtaking my life, well, don't just watch. Learn and participate. Because God has no respect of person. If he's doing it through me before you, he'll do it through you before them. I'm just an isolated person that he brought into this building to demonstrate to you God's love and what he's willing to do for a person who, who loves him. Then when you catch it and you go out there, he'll do it in your community, in your surroundings, on your job. God will promote you right from the midst of people who already have been there longer and been doing more than what you're doing. Well, that ain't fair. Bishop Jakes told you best, favor wasn't fair. And you got to start expecting these things by faith. Amen? Are you understanding this? Because of our faith, God has brought us to, into this place of undeserved privileges whereby we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing this glory of God, showing God's glory with others. I promise you that if you walk up right before him, the blessings will overtake you and you're going to go out there and you're going to begin to tell people how good he is and what he's doing in your life. It's just designed that way. God does not have to come down here and do anything. He already set everything in motion. It's already working. He said, I've already given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. If you do what you're supposed to do, then these things shall overtake you. He told you in Deuteronomy, he said, and these blessings shall overtake you. How many of you have been overtook? Yeah, some, some, I got a few hands. Some people say, I have been overtook. Mm -hmm. These blessings are designed to overtake you. You won't even have enough time in the day to take care of all God's got for you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We, we get, we're getting ready to get there, people. Amen. And I, I want you to believe me. <laughs> and I'm not only going to want you to believe me, but I'm going to want to demonstrate it to you. Now, now you have to watch because the devil's going to want to make you jealous. Mm -hmm. I'm going to show you today, and I'm going to let you in on some of my... Uh, not only not, not struggle, but victories. But it was a struggle at first. I'm going to let you in on some of my emails, too, so you can see how God has dealt with me and how God is dealing with me. Watch this. If you don't walk in love when these things begin to happen to you, because at any point, especially if, if God's blessing you with some finances and you loan somebody some finances and they don't pay you back, You can rewire yourself at that quick, that quick moment. You rewire yourself by your thinking. No, I, I did. I helped you out, and then you go, no, you'll never get another. That ain't how God acts. All right? All right? Now, I'm teaching you stuff that's going on in my life so that I can try to help you with your life. Amen? If I could speak in all languages of the earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy, a noisy gong or a clean cymbal. You'd just be making a lot of noise. 
You speak in tongues. You don't love nobody. Ain't nobody going to think about you. How in the heck can you tell me that you feel with the Holy Ghost and you can't love the person right next to you? What profit are you getting out of speaking in your tongues? But you can't love nobody. You're just a, a lot of noise. So don't come in here and tell me, Pastor, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm looking at your walk. I know a lot of people filled with the Holy Ghost, but can't nobody get along with them. Something wrong with you. How can you possess all this power, but can't love? God says something wrong with that. That's not how he created it. So you praying in the Holy Ghost? Watch yourself. How are you walking? If I had the gift of prophecy and I could understand all of God's secret plans and possess all knowledge, I knew it all. If I had so much faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I'd be nothing. You got all this power. You can speak to mountains they move. You can tell me what thus said the Lord, but you don't love me. What am I going to receive from you? You all nasty. You don't know how to talk to folks. You can't get along with folks, and you don't prophesy to me. I don't receive none of that. There's no love in that. You make God look bad. You've got a good word, but can't nobody receive it because you're nasty. You're rude. I believe I'm getting to you. Baby, you got to walk in love. If you're going to walk in this power that God's getting ready to demonstrate, you better learn how to walk in love and stop letting people get next to you. People going to be people. You can't change them. God equipped us so much that we have to change ourselves. And some of y'all who marry understands that. Yeah. <laughs> it went over your head. You can't change your mate. On somebody you can change is you, baby. And if it's that way and you live that close to that person, how do you think you're going to change somebody who just worked next to you? No, on somebody you need to change is you. Let people be people. If I gave everything I had to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. Sure, I could. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. I come in here and pay my tithes every week and give an offering. But if I don't love you, it profits nothing. God don't even receive it. Some of you all, it's easy to pay your tithe than to love your neighbor. Mm -hmm. You can let go of the money, but you can't let go of your hatred, your anger, your malice, your vengeance. But you can offer anything on the altar but that. That becomes your sacrifice. That thing that you just can't get over, that you're still holding over people's head, baby, that's a sacrifice. That's the thing you ought to bring in here and you ought to cry out before God. God, take this. It's yours. 
I let it go. I sacrifice it. So let's move on to faith. Faith brings heavenly realities to earth. Catch this. It's already been released to you. The Bible says that we're already seated with him in heavenly places. So if God is acting in faith saying, you're already seated with me, the problem is that you don't know it. So what you're doing, you are a being, a triune being. You have a body, a mind, and a spirit. Your spirit, man, God wants to control you. Your soul is what God gave you to connect with this natural realm. Your body is the thing that he gave you to mobilize, to move around, his hands, his feet. Well, now that you're seated with Christ, actually seated with Christ, there's no distance in the spirit. Your spirit man is seated with Christ. And I don't want to get too deep and too heavy with you. But what God's saying, what's going on in heaven can go on in the earth. If you're seated with Christ, you don't have a worry. So why are you worried? There's somewhere the enemy has contacted this natural realm of yours and told you you've got to be concerned about tomorrow. God gave you a scripture that told you don't worry about tomorrow. He said, if I care about these, 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 these sparrows, I know if one falls from the sky, I know it. He said, don't you know that I care much more about you? So why are you worrying when you're seated with me? When Miss King go out with me, she ain't worried about what she's going to eat. She ain't look, she's not looking at, at, at how much it costs. Why? Because she's with me. So why are you worried when you're seated with him? Now you got to use your faith. That's why he's going to tell us to stop thinking about things on this earth and start thinking about the things in heaven. Because this earth realm is messing you up. He gave you this mind to contact or contact, be in connection with the earth realm. So you can demonstrate his power in the earth. That's why he, that's why Jesus said, I do what I see my father do, but he was here on the earth. But in the spirit, he just saw something. You know, when, last week when I was walking and I was looking, I was seeing some things. But I wasn't looking from the earth. I was looking for my position with him. And therefore, I did what I saw him doing. I saw him pulling this child out, talking to her. I saw him telling this person, I'm going to stop you from stumbling. I saw him doing those things. Well, Pastor, how did you see it? I just knew it. I used a vantage point. And see, you use vantage points, but you're only using it from the earth looking up to heaven. You never look from earth down to where you want to be. That's why he told you, I have given you the ability to call those things that be not as though they were. Why? Because you're seated with me looking down on how you want things to be, but, but you're not catching it. You'd rather look from the natural realm and look up and hope for things when God said, I need you to look down on things and call them to be. 
You got to decide from which position are you going to run your life. From the earth realm or from where you're seated. Because when you realize that you're seated there, you're going to look down and you're going to say, wow. Oh, I'm not phased with that. No, no, you're not moved by that. No, that's not going to affect you. No, no, devil, that's not happening. You'll find out that your worries will be no more. That's why he said don't worry, don't take thought about tomorrow. When you start thinking about tomorrow, you just change positions. Where we're going with this church, we're going to have to understand that we are more than what we have become. You're going to have to see yourself as Christ sees you. You are more than a conqueror. Baby, they start to try and take you out, get from another, take another vantage point. Because where you're sitting right now, baby, you're being defeated, you're worried about it. No, no, change seats. And look down on this situation through the eyes of God and speak to it. You sitting right there beside the man with the power. You see the power. And he telling you, concerning the works of my hand, command you men. Tell me what you want me to do about this. You see, you have these privileges, undeserved privileges. You got all these rights. And you letting the devil run buckshot into your life. Just bulldoze over you. Why is it that your ends are not meeting? Why is it that things not coming together? Because you don't see where you've been seated. You don't see yourself like Christ sees you. You don't see yourself worthy of being uh, of somebody dying for. I gotta put up with him. Really? He ain't put a ring on your finger in all these years, and you still putting up with him. I'm going to leave that one alone. <laughs> Faith brings heavenly reality to earth. Get it in your spirit. He gave you faith. Now, the only way you got faith and it will make your faith more powerful is your love life. Because when you start flowing in these gifts of the spirit, because of your love for people, God going to manifest himself. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. Since you have been raised to this new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. Baby, you got to believe heaven is real. How many angels fell when Satan messed up? Third. So you believe in angels. Hmm. but you won't dispatch them. You won't let them minister to you. They are ministers to the heirs of salvation. See, we've been so natural-minded so long that when we hear a little spiritual truth, we're like, whoa, really? <laughs> yeah. 
They've been there all along. You've been believing. You need to say, God, help my unbelief. Father, I believe. Now help my unbelief. You sat here and just told me you believe that a third of heaven's hosts fell with Satan. That qualifies you to act in faith. That means you are a believer. You believe that there are angels. Now, start telling them what you need them to do. That's the reality of heaven, the reality that there are angels. You're getting this. So the reality of heaven where Christ is seated in the place of honor at God's right hand. Hmm. Christ sits in the place of honor. So where you sit? The Bible says that you're seated with him in heavenly places. The heavenly places are where? Right there with God on God's right hand. So, okay, now, now I just felt it fall. I, I felt you fall. You, you went back to earth. You, you came back down. You, you were up here. You were there. But now when I'm talking about where is God, you see right hand with God, you just, your, your faith couldn't keep you up. I felt it in my spirit. You just fell right back down. Just that quick. That's a fight of faith. You have to force your mind to accept the realities of heaven. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. You got to allow yourself or tell your mind to force your mind to think about the things in heaven and not what's going on, on earth. Because the moment you start thinking about the things on earth, it's just that quick. You're out of the spirit and back into the flesh. And that's where the devil can whip you at. Most of us mess up because we give the devil a head start. And then we try to fight faith. Faith is so powerful, you can see that rascal from your advantage point. You can see what that rascal is putting together because he's not as high up as you are. So you're looking down on what he's doing. And you can be patient. Let him get it almost together. And all he has to do is put the last little brush finish on it and just step on it. And he didn't put all that time and all that effort in it, and you just at that moment destroyed his plans. You frustrate the heck out of it. And that's a better word. Think about the things of heaven, not things on. When I stop, you want me to tell you when you get out of, out of the spirit? When you start thinking about things, of the earth. Yeah. It snatches you just like that. Yeah. It pulls you just like that. <laughs> you could be so spiritual, and at one point you were riding along with me, but something happened, you thought about earthly stuff, and bam, you crashed. It was just too heavy for you. You're not used to it. And that's why you have to get built up in the Word. And built up in the truth. There's no, he's not telling you this just to be telling you. He said, think about the things of heaven. Not the things of this earth. 
Why? Because he's telling you where you see it right here. The realities of heaven is real. Stop thinking that you're such a carnal person. You're not carnal anymore. You are a spiritual being. You were created in his image and in his likeness. You were created a spiritual being. You only have this body and this mind to contact or come in contact with the earth realm. He did not take the ability to contact him away from you. That lie we received from the devil and that we can't hear God's voice. If he's a communicator, we can hear him. What did God say when he came up on the scene the first time we ever heard from him? Let there be. So he's a what? A communicator. He wants to communicate with you. He wants to talk to you. I, there's, you know what? My sons, may, 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 they, I can get on a lot, and they might not like talking to me. But boy, I sure do be wanting to talk to them. My youngest son, go down there, he'll go in the den, and down in the den, and, and he'll watch TV, and I ease in that den. Uh, uh, go on, don't, don't, don't talk. But I be wanting to be in there. I want to watch TV with him. I want to spend time with him. But, but he don't be wanting me to. That's the same way we do God. He wants so much to spend time with us, but, but uh, 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 we don't watch this. We don't have the same taste. Uh-huh. My wife watches movies with me. She, she goes to sleep. I like action pack. She likes the romance stuff. The, the, what, what is that that you like? Yeah, yeah. I, I call it the chick flicks. I like, you know. But give me some shooting, some some jumping off the building, some you know. Give me some of that. Give me some of that stuff blowing up around you and stuff like that. You know, intense. You say I'm too intense. So when she watch TV, when she go to sleep, some of y'all think God too intense. You you, you can't hold a conversation with him long, cause your mind begin to wander back to the earth. What's going on in your life? What's not happening in your life? What 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 you want to happen? What you don't spend that time with him, for him to work on you. He's too intense for that because see, when you're in his presence, he's showing you you. And, and you 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 don't want to see you. You want to see the person who's the problem. You missed that one. You don't realize who the problem is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me, for the sake of time, just show you what I'm talking about because I, when I came, when I, when I was talking about faith, maybe uh, back in 2013, 12 and 13, about what God was doing in my life, and, and I was just out there on faith. And I'm taking this day to talk to you because I want you to show you how faith operates and how faith is. I love God enough to overrule my wife. When we got ready to start the church, I told my wife we were going to start a church. She said, no. And I didn't argue with her. I said, okay. All right. I said, why do you want to start one? She said, people are too needy. I know I'm supposed to tell that. She said, uh-uh. But people are. People want all your time but want to give you none of theirs. Right. Amen. They want your commitment. 
but won't be committed to you. They want you to listen to them, but they won't want to listen to you. That is what makes people needy. I want you all to be different. I want you to love me enough to come out and hear what God is saying as much as you want me to love you enough to be there when you need me. We need each other. I need you, and you need me. When your family member gets sick, you call me. When you want to get married, you call me. When your loved one dies or you die, they call me. Like it or not, you need me. And I'm telling you, I need you. Amen? Amen. So when she said no, and she said all that, I went on to start the church anyway. Why? Because I heard from God. And she started praying for me. I was so sold out. My little daughter, Wisdom. Where's she at? Oh, there she go. Little daughter believed in me so much that she got on her. The first service that we had was in our living room. And I came down, and my daughter was an usher. <laughs> she had George dressed in black and white, and she was in black and white. Only somebody in the living room was me, my wife, and my mother-in-law. Kevin and Derrick, they weren't even there. Were they in, I don't think they were in there. Kevin, Derrick, okay. And so that's, that was the first Sunday service. And so Janae had ushered us in. She had my little water up there. She had my Bible up there. She had me a little podium up there. And then I'm looking for Janae because I'm ready to start. Where's Janae? Where's Janae? Hold on, Dad, I'm coming. What you doing? We ready to start service. I ain't going to be late in our first service. And they had went upstairs and changed out of her black and white and put on a praise outfit. <laughs> she had got on her little outfit, her little praise, and, and, and she had her sound ministry ready, which was Jordan. Well, it was Jordan, wasn't it? Jordan was a sound minister, the, the mother of me and all that. And she told him when to push the button, he pushed the button and she went for it. She had faith in me and what God was doing in my life that we were able to be able to move forward and get where we are now. What am I saying? I'm saying faith is contagious. If you have yourself full of it and you're obedient to God, then when you move, others will move behind you. Not only behind you, but they will move with you. Now, faith is going to convince some people, but evidence is going to convince the rest. Some people are not going to believe you until they see the evidence. We're going to show you a conversation that I was having with a person. The names have been removed to protect the innocent. <laughs> this is one of my emails. Go to the email. It's my email. I forwarded to myself and took all the other stuff off of it. The date was Saturday, September 21st, 2013 at 9 p.m. I wrote back, faith was the substance of things hoped for, the evidence was not seen. Now, faith is the substance of what I'm hoping for to take place. 
I ain't, I'm not saying I, I do. I, I, I didn't say I had. It. I said I'm still believing. How are you doing? Because I'm fighting with it. I'm believing it. All right. We were discussing the fact that we hadn't gotten to the building that we supposed to have been building or getting into. That it wasn't working. Maybe I missed God. Responded to him, Pastor. You don't have the church built yet. <laughs> My reply was, No. Well, your faith must not be working. Yes, it is. It's working. And then I began to go deeper from a different vantage point. I'm getting the most of my faith. I'm understanding how my faith works on a larger mountain. See, now I I begin to come out from where we were talking to a different vantage point. And now I'm looking down on the situation. And I'm explaining to him from a different vantage point. This is what I've discovered. Faith has value. It's not only substance, but it's also evidence. Faith is the substance that I'm using to build a building. It ain't made it yet. But from where I'm seeing... Is already built. Now, in the natural realm, you can't see nothing. All you can see out here was the dirt. And you know what I did? I went and got the dirt and put it in a jar to rest my mind. Because my mind was going all over the place. This ain't happening. We just bought something to feed, and you're not going to see your way through it. This ain't going on. The bank said you can't do this. Everybody said you couldn't. So I, I got my dirt and I rest my mind, and I got back in my position in the spirit realm. Faith is my evidence that the church is being built. I can stay in the earth realm and get discouraged. And just like faith is contagious, depression and discouragement can be also. If you sitting by a depressed person, you just might get depressed. <laughs> you have to watch it. You hang around negative people, you're going to be negative. If you hang around four broke people, <laughs> you're going to be the fifth. Watch it. I can prove to you it's working because I'm still working. I went out there and got my dirt. Yeah, it's working. Well, you ain't got nothing. You don't see nothing. But it's working. I'm still getting estimates. I'm still getting things done. I'm still acting like it's moving. I got Terry working with me. I've got people believing. I got you guys tithing towards it. I got y'all giving a, uh, an offering towards it, but you don't have nothing. Yes, I do. I've got faith. And my faith is my evidence until I can show you the manifestation. See, as a people, you all believed in me, you believed with me, and you trusted that I was going to do the right thing. So while the whole people out there in the world laughing, talking, 
<laughs> you just got a hole in the ground. That's all right. I got some evidence. I got some evidence. Faith is my evidence that we're going to get this thing built. As long as I kept moving and working my faith, my faith could not die. As long as I kept talking to Terry, talking to Bill, talking to some of the other folks, talking about this, talking about that. Brother Chris Jones was with me. I talked to Chris about it. Well, Pastor, what do you want us to do? I just want you to keep believing. Well, let's go out there and stand on the ground. Let's do it. Yeah, you're standing in the ant. Sometime I wanted, one of the guys stood in some ant piles and was tucked off running. But <laughs> you believe? Without Watch this. Without works, without works, faith without works is dead, being left alone. So faith needed support of my works to stay alive. So if I kept believing and kept moving, faith was still alive. I was believing for a building that my partner couldn't see. He couldn't see it. But when I brought him through the doors, he became a believer. He don't know how it happened. He didn't believe it was going to happen. We joked and laughed about it. But God taught me a lesson on how faith operates. You know what you're standing in, what you're living in, what you're walking in, what you're sitting in now? It's faith, baby. It's faith. Was it easy? Heck no, it wasn't easy. <laughs> but it was necessary. Amen. I had too many people believing to start doubting myself. Oh, but there was times when I started doubting. And that's the easiest thing to do to doubt. That's why God told us, don't you doubt. Because you start to waver. And when you start wavering, the devil can come in and take stuff from you. Well, we're getting ready to go, people. We're going to have to realize what we're seated. You have to believe that there is a God. And the hardest and the highest point of your belief is that you're seated right next to him. You can't see this from a natural point of view. You have to elevate your thinking. When you elevate your thinking and you realize where you're seated, Stuff going to start overtaking you. <laughs> and your little old mind is going to be blown. When things start happening, do not try to figure it out and ask why is it happening. No, because where you're seated, it is designed to happen. The stuff that you've been fighting for and wanting and running after is going to run after you. Oh, yeah. Uh, let me give you two last scriptures, and then I'm going to leave you alone. Amen? Watch this. This is what Paul was saying. He said, keep putting into practice all that you've learned and received from me. 
I'm not walking in pride just like Paul wasn't walking in pride. But the stuff that I'm teaching you and the stuff that you have learned, I need you to start putting it in practice. Everything that you heard from me and saw me doing. Pastor, I ain't seen you do nothing. Look at here what you, you sitting in the seats. You feel an air. You see the lights. You see walls around you. You see a roof over your head. You see this thing working. So put it in practice. You start using it just like I had to use it. Start using this. Why would God give it to you if he didn't want you to use it? There's some things that he has already given you. Everything that pertains to life and godliness is in the heaven realm, but you've got to get your faith to get it out of that heaven realm and bring it to earth so that you can enjoy it. Because for right now, you're bound by this flesh to this earth realm, but your spirit, man, there's no distance. You can be seated with him and watching what goes on into this earth and what's going on in your life. From where I'm seated, I can't let everybody get next to me. I can't let everybody speak into my vessel. I can't let you just put poison into my life. Therefore, being in the Spirit, I can discern. You might not know it. And I, because I love you, won't even let you know that I know. Oh, I'm just too deep. All right. Oh, go back one second, one second, one second. If you can see and do it, then the God of peace will be with you. Not only be with you, but he'll be with you in everything that you do. There'll be people who will like you and give you favor, and they don't know why. Go on. You got that one. Go on. Go. Yeah, let me help you. What do what you need? They, they, just, they, they just, they be all over you. They, they want to see you succeed. And they don't even know why. But they just want to help you. They want to be right there with you. Are you understanding this? Some of you are right now. You've been thinking about business. Oh. And I'm going to tell you how that works. <laughs> see, see, when you got a job, you have a roof over your head. Amen? They promise you they're going to pay you at that week. So you put your faith in them. <laughs> Don't go quit your job. Catch what I'm saying? Because you do have a roof over your head. But if faith removed that roof because it was stopping you. Mm-hmm. When I had a job, I had a roof over my head. But when I got my own business, the sky was the limit. Mm-hmm. When you have a roof over your head, you might get 300 a week, 500 a week. Some of you get blessed enough to get 1,200 a week. Some of you may get 2,000 a week. But when you step in faith, your week comes the days and the moments 
It might be 2,000 a day. It may be 2,000 an hour. It may, the sky is the limit. I know it's too, I, I'm too far-fetched out there for you. Faith will do whatever you believe it can do. Just put it to the test. Just put it to the test. Watch this last one. Faith and his power. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not in excellent speech or a wisdom. I was breaking verbs and splitting vows. Mm-hmm. I didn't have all that together. I wasn't all that with. I'm country boy. Some of y'all still talk about me. Yeah, I'm country. But I'm a blessed country boy. Amen. Declaring, I, I didn't have all that good stuff, but I was declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I'm determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. I'm not pretending that I went to all these colleges and, and I did all that and I was this, but I do claim I know it. You can't take that from me, baby. <laughs> I've been through enough that I know him. Amen? I know the man. I, I know him. Amen? I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. That was some time when I didn't have it all together. I didn't know how this thing was going to come together. Trying not to worry. Driving by here day and night. Tell my wife I'm going to the store, but I'm driving by here. Ah, Lord, 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 help us, Lord. Going through the back side of that, that street up there, trying to run across all them thickets and stuff, going over here, stretching out my hand over a hole in the ground. Worried about it, wondering, God, when you going to do it? My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Only somebody really knew my weekdays was Terry. Because when I stood before you all, y'all knew we were doing it. I tell you, we're going to be in there by this time, and that time came and passed. But I was still standing before you in faith. Yeah. And God sent me on some, uh, 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 a young man like Terry McNeil that, Pastor, I understand. <laughs> cool, calm, clear. I'm mad. I want to be mad. But God always sends somebody beside you to help you in faith. Faith is not a lonely walk like people tell you. God would send somebody alongside you to help you in your walk of faith. He'll do that because he promised you I will keep you from stumbling. I will keep you from falling. So when you get out there in faith, God will send somebody along your way when you start getting weak in faith to prop you up until you get past that hurdle. Anyway, I hope you understand. But in demonstration of the power, 
the demonstration of the spirit and of power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. This is not standing any longer in the wisdom of men. They can't figure out how we did it because God did it. God did it. The next battle that the devil is telling me now is that churches are shutting down all around. There was a man who had a 7,000-member church who shut the door while he walked out from the pulpit. He called it quits. And you know the devil came and said, mm-hmm, your people ain't coming. Your tithes are not going to be there. He was doing all that talk. You know what I did? I changed positions. I got back up where I was. When I started hearing this voice, I realized that I came too low. I descended. Now, I can stay there and get my tail whipped and watch this place shut down. Or I can rise back up and get back up there where he is and get some direction, get some guidance, so that I can give the people what he wants and not what I want. Are you understanding this? That's why I said we're going to another level. And if you want to go, I'm going to try to make it as simple and as easy as I can for you to pull back on the throttle and head up yonder. We are going. Matter of fact, because of where I'm just, where I'm seated and what I see, you might be kicking and screaming, but you going. You going, baby. And you're going to be so glad when we level out. I know you're afraid. Woo! That's all right. Woo! We're going there. And you're going to flow in the spirit and in the things of God and in the power and in the demonstration of his spirit. You're going to see yourself like you never saw yourself before. You're going to know that when you decree a thing, it shall come to pass. Thank you for listening to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us at rotbchurch.com. If you would like to be a blessing to us, please visit the website and select the donations link. Again, thank you for listening and have a blessed day.